Here we are, and welcome to another episode of the Friday Night Movie Podcast. One of our all-star, all-time greatest guests is back. Mr. Mike Roberts is here. I'm not even going to ask Lily and Becky how they're doing. I'm just going to get straight to Mike. Mike, how are you doing? Doing good. Doing good. Business as usual. Everything's normal. <laughs> Period. We, we very much appreciate you coming as the world is on lockdown and, and joining us. Because we've been trying to get you back for a, a long time because I feel like we've had this year, running, list, running list of things we want to talk about. And we're going to get to them all. It's going to be great. All right. I mean, yeah, it's funny. Like, I, it's all, I feel like I've been doing stuff I can't talk about forever, and then I just don't think that's ever going to change. <laughs> so it's like, why not just pretend I'm like a normal person? And also, because of the quarantine, I think all uh, industry is going to become podcast-based. So I need to get in, like, as many podcasts yeah. as I can, because that's the only industry from now on. That's it. All, all just going to be feature-length podcasts. Podcast economy. That's what we're doing. That's all we've got. You Recorded know, Zoom meetings. As I say about this podcast all the time, you got to spend money to lose money. Uh, <laughs> so, that's our motto here at Friday Night Movie. Yeah, but it's, our... you know, it's, like, it's like you're fixing classic cars. <laughs> exactly. Look at it like that. You're restoring That's a cars. sweet thing to say. Thank you. About making fun of each other. It's exactly. So, Mike, we, one of our, I don't know if we invented this game um, or started using this game but before you were last year or, or since you were last year, but we have a game called Rex RX. And that is RX from the term prescription and Rex from yeah. recommendation. And in, in, oh yeah, I saw that in the thing. I, yeah, yeah, I've, I've, yeah, yeah. Keep going. Sorry. Um, and in these situations, there are various situations we like to make prescriptions of what people should do. <laughs> you know, like on any type of emotional issue or medical issue. We've talked about sick day movies before, but this is really unprecedented. So, let's take a moment to talk about our Rex RX for pandemics for lockdown. And uh, I don't know if you have one off the top of your head, but I know Becky has one. Becky, what is your prescription for people who are experiencing the lockdown right now? So this is different than what I'm watching and what I recommend mm. you check out. This so is like- I actually have two, I have two avenues. One, they're, they're both low stakes. I think the key thing during this lockdown is to go with something that's low stakes. You don't want anything that's gonna raise your blood pressure, raise your anxiety, give you nightmares. You want something that's just gonna be light you know easily digestible fare so i go back to life in pieces for two reasons i mentioned it last week one because it's a sweet funny low stakes show number two most of us are stuck at home with our children who while wonderful do not allow us to do anything in more than like a two to seven minute increment right That's so life true. in pieces is told as vignettes so it's like the it's pre -quibby episode, quibby. right right <laughs> exactly so it's broken down so you can watch like one section of the episode pause go deal with the tantrum come back like watch another like getting interrupted. right and you're not getting interrupted so i really recommend number two is and i don't know like for some people this could this could make the the lockdown worse or make it better Ugly Delicious season two is out. So if you want is, to like- Is this another food show? I can't be I around food love. shows in this time. I, I can't go anywhere. I'm just like- So I'm, I'm saying is that- On it, the treadmill outrunning every meal, every day. Right. So I'm saying that it could be bad because you're watching, you know, this food show that's taking you all around the world and you're going, wow, I'll never be able to try any of these things or go to any of these places. <laughs> this is depressing. Or you could watch it going- Oh, look at so nice to see other parts of the world and cuisines while I'm stuck here. So I, 
you know, it kind of just depends. And again, because it's not like there's a narrative, you don't have to really follow anything. You can start and stop throughout, which I think is critical. That is a right. Those theme. are my two. All right, Lily, what are, what are you, what is your prescription? I have literally been By the way, this is in week center. one of, this is in week one of yeah. lockdown, right? In two weeks, people may feel differently, right? Like This yeah. is true, but you guys don't even have lockdown. Don't call it lockdown if you can leave. I can't leave. <laughs> it is faux lockdown. Spain, faux lockdown. Spain has, has taken it very seriously. Seriously. They, and they, so, went, from, they went from carnival to right. no one's allowed out of the house. Exactly. Wait, 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 wait. I got it. You should call it. This is, I'm so sorry for doing this. I can't help how my brain works. Feel the Spain. Feel the Spain. Everyone else. Feel the Spain. Feel the Spain. Oh, feel the Spain. Like feel the pain. Yeah. And then that's how like, that's the, that's the slogan. So that. Of our lockdown. Yeah. And then everyone else is like, you got to do what Spain did. I think you can market that. Yeah. I I am. The funniest thing is that there's uh, at seven, not, I mean, at 7 p.m., I would not say this is necessarily funny, but it's pretty amazing how at 7 p.m. everybody goes out on their balconies and blasts music and claps and <laughs> sort of like has like a 10-minute party slash, you know, um, motivating and like giving their Especially. thanks to the healthcare workers. Right, and, right, right. And, and then, you know, kind of to each other, neighbors are like, and everybody starts dancing. And I read a really funny tweet from some American that was like, we get it, Europe, you have balconies. <laughs> <laughs> so so funny. Lily, with your, in your balcony oh. world, what do you prescribe? So here's the thing is that um, I actually haven't had that much time to watch TV. So... I don't prescribe The Watchmen, which Shai told me to watch, and then we're watching that every night, and I'm just so stressed before I go to sleep. It's a great but show, though. It's it a great show, show, but I'm like, this story is so confusing. So this alternative of America seems terrible, but it's awesome. The show's so good. The acting. You're so saying good. I'm right. I'm you right. might be right, but I'm saying if somebody wants like a cool, different superhero show, that show is very cool. Um, and I recommend a little show on Netflix called Crashing uh, F- with Phoebe, Wa- Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Mm. It's just one season. It's not a huge investment. And I would treat it like a movie that you can be interrupted about every 20 minutes. So it's like, so like the Irishman, really long. <laughs> it's well, yeah, I guess. But the episodes are so short that the whole thing is probably shorter than the Irishman. But, <laughs> Um, I, I really enjoyed it. It's like a, like a British rom-com kind of situation, but it's Phoebe Waller-Bridge, so it's dark. So I, I like that. Right. I don't know if people I, know that's out there. Everyone loves Phoebe Waller-Bridge, it seems. She is the, anything the she does. Phoebe. To, uh, Mike, uh, what, yeah. do you, what do you prescribe to people going through this first week? Well, I like, I, I, I the, the only thing I could think of, because I mean, I have a bunch of things that, I'm, that I like, but, but the only thing I think of is that I have a couple of shows that, it goes beyond liking them. They're almost like uh, m- like mantras, you know? And, oh, yeah. And That's how I feel about so, news radio. Yeah, I, I totally. That's Brooklyn a great show. <laughs> so mine is the British office. The UK, oh, Ricky oh. Gervais British office. I, could, I have since probably 2003 watched it a thousand times. More so, than the American one. Okay, so have I ever told – I don't know if I've ever told have, – I have a – I love the British office and I love the American office – but I have a fundamental problem with the American office that makes me like it, but not love it. Whereas the British mm-hmm. office I have, do you want, do, I can do it real quick. Do you want me to tell you really do quick? It real yeah, quick? Yeah, yeah, please. Okay. So there's an episode where Dwight, he's, send, uh, he's sending faxes, oh, sorry, Jim is sending faxes to Dwight from the future saying- Well, like, that's a great episode. It's a great episode. And the setup is genius. It's 150% amazing. I love everything about it. Until, You're like, no one faxes. 
No, no, even that. I'm okay with that because like I, I was literally trying to help my, my mom's a doctor in Canada and she was trying to get, figure out a way to fax from the internet because some things are still fax based, which is a total insane. Yeah. So crazy. Oh, I have a fax number. If anyone needs to use one, I have yeah. an account that I pay for because of those situations. And try getting, wrote a law try getting your MRI here. <laughs> that's right. There was a six month period in like 1991 where that became like federally mandated way to do business. And then it's <laughs> like, never... not, they've never been able to get rid of it. It. the fax um, lobby well i remember like the digital signatures were like they had this period of like okay and now everyone's like that's whatever but anyway so the office <laughs> he, he sends faxes to dwight and he's reading them and it's like one of them is the coffee is poisoned right and dwight looks over and someone pours a coffee and he runs over and slaps it out of his hand and you're like and i remember hot. in that moment going dwight wouldn't knock the coffee out of his hand <laughs> he would eat the facts so no one would ever see it and then watch and wait to see die and then you, you so know, like your real like characters have to be so true to themselves that, which is an amazing gift that you have but they made it better your own writing but but they made it a better show by doing it that way because now you're like in love with the people. But my problem with the American office is they had to like course correct on Michael Scott and not make him Ricky Gervais. They had to right. make him into like the lovable right. guy because no one was buying Stephen well, Colbert as an asshole. Oh, not sorry. Corral. Um, Steve Carell as an asshole. But, but I think that's okay to create it, but you're right about making – you have to keep the – you have to have the characters be true to what – they have even if they evolve there has to be it, when when you stray from it it gets really really a great point, weird though. yeah and that's my so 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 i like it but i feel like sometimes in that show when they need people like they so, need everyone to be a little bit nice so and that's you're saying is, and you that's seem why like, i like the american you know i, I, I not I that you that. seem i know you are one of the nicest people we've ever met yet you <laughs> seem to be drawn to the the show that's more mean oh i'm obsessed Apparently. with darkness and evil and like that's because that's the thing about ricky gervais like everyone's seeing this guy up on on you know the the award shows and stuff he's just saying the things that a nice right. person thinks like you don't like being nice right. doesn't mean you are without true. evil in your mind well, like I, shows... i've never been in a store where i haven't figured out how to steal something I'd be like, okay, you can take that and then you can get through the door. I'd never do it. I've never shoplifted, but I've never said, oh, how easy would it be to get this fucking out of here? That's amazing. But um, I was going to also bring up Writing in Cars, Getting Coffee. What is that show? Oh, I sound man, like Mom. I love that Comedians show. in Cars, Getting Comedians Coffee. Comedians in Cars, Getting that's Coffee. Perfect. Is a that's my favorite. Show. Yeah. As a, that's a, as a great quarantine show as well, because again, mm -hmm. you could be interrupted. And Ricky, I have to say, I, I like Ricky Gervais. I don't have like a obsession with him or anything, but his episode with Seinfeld on the newer season. That episode so and the Eddie oh Murphy episode. I think his episode and the Eddie Murphy episode were like my well, two when it's people highly that are at his those. level. When it's yeah. people that are at his level, yeah. it's extra. It's pretty special. So, so speaking of dark and evil, uh, I feel like um, a movie that, that we all got talking about together. I mean, as soon as I, I think as soon as I walked out of the theater, I sent Mike a message being like, what do you think about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? <laughs> like, I needed to know. I saw the movie by you were, myself. You were, you were like, I, I think you weren't sure. You're like, I need an expert to tell me, do I like this or not? I knew I was enthralled with the movie, but I, I couldn't tell, like, was this good or not? And not, not that it wasn't objectively good. It was objectively good, but like, like what, you know, and I, I immediately instructed everyone I knew to go see it. I'm like, I need you to see it. I need to talk about it. And thank goodness Mike had seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And, and I would love to just lay out your reaction for, for the listeners and my sisters, because I'm not sure 100% if they've heard what you thought. 
Oh, oh, me? You guys don't want to yeah, go first? Yeah, 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 go for it. You go first. Well, I, so that movie, okay, I think it's, it's I think it's his oh, best and, movie. Oh, and if you want to get Brie, like, so she doesn't miss your She's opening. still out on the lawn talking to our neighbors. That's our oh, social okay. distance. The neighbors okay. stand literally in the middle of the street, and she sits on the lawn, and then I have a conversation. Okay. Um, with the that's, other that's neighbors. That's life. That's life now. That's for sure. And, and she's <laughs> talking right now to the neighbors that we know that are taking the quarantine the most seriously other than us. Okay. Because you know, there's another group of people who like make fun of you and they come up close and then they stand back and go, oh, sorry. You know, like that's where we're at. Yeah, no, I don't, assholes. I, don't, I, don't, I don't play with those people. <laughs> they don't mean, I, listen, I think everyone, yeah. everyone deals with anxiety on their own. It's just That's hard. a good point. Yeah, but you don't, yeah. I agree. So, I agree. This is my dance space. That's your dance space. If, if, don't if invade we, my dance space. Totally. No, if we get to a point where I, I want her to tell you her opinion, um, uh, I'll run and grab her. But... If we get to the point where <laughs> no, no, I No, 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 I just mean when. That's uh... amazing. That's we get to the I point where I'll not be well, edited. I let my wife speak. Let I will let you know. I'm a real old school guy. With <laughs> I'll let you know when I let her speak. Yeah, like she, okay. she, she, when she's behaving, she's an awesome wife. And, and, and I, knowing, I don't know her, but I follow her on social, and there's no way she would tolerate that it's oh what my makes God. it even that funnier tone of voice. <laughs> it would be like it would be like let me explain to you why what you said thinking you were being innocuous not realizing what you said was the wrong way to say it and then fix it for me in yeah. the best way possible yeah. i so, uh, say things indelicately sometimes if you haven't noticed <laughs> so uh, once upon a time in hollywood what'd you think i thought it was a his best movie and i'm saying that Ooh, that's a, that's a big say but i that's like inglorious bastards better okay but it's oh. his best movie. I still think. Now, do you like Inglori- do you like Inglorious Bastards better because mm-hmm. it was the first of his to bend history, and so that's sort of like the first Star Wars versus the second, you know? Or... I, I, maybe you're right. Maybe. Anyway, so put a pin in that. That's just my. That's no, no, that's my... a good way to because that's that's part of. Okay, so so the reason I like this movie so much is there's four ways you can watch it before you've watched it a second time, and that's the biggest, craziest, coolest thing that I think someone at Quentin Tarantino's level does that I don't even think people know he's doing. And I'll give you an example. Okay, so you watch it the first time, right? You can watch that because I did it. The first time I watched that movie, I was A, almost disappointed by how much time he spent doing the Western because I was like, come on, there's a movie to be made here. We don't need this information. Come on, this is a Western and it's a, a show we don't know and it doesn't matter. So I was almost like an anxiety going, we only have three hours here, man. I need a movie. You know, that's number one. Um, did my did my sound quality just? Nope, you sound no? awesome. You're okay, on the cool. ship. You're on the so, ship. So um, so that's number one. So then, so that's an experience too, where you're like, I need a lot of this. Then you start going. Then they start bringing Sharon Tate in, and you're like, okay, look, I'm having a lot of fun with this really sweet movie with a lot of like, light-hearted, fun stuff and dark, sinister stuff too. And I don't know if I want to spend the last 10 minutes of this great experience watching this horrific all-time exactly. worst murders in history. But that, just to interrupt you really quickly, sets up one of the greatest, I feel like, tension between audience and director 100%. and movie I've ever experienced. Although, have you, ever, have you ever talked to anyone who watched the movie and didn't know what actually happened? <laughs> They're just <laughs> watching it being... So, <laughs> right, which I think is a waste. Of, no, no, which so I think you need to know. Them, also, if you of, don't know that story, that's weird. A lot of Vlad, my husband's um, colleagues, these young story artists, in fact, 
we're not aware. I guess that like the younger generation is not aware of of, uh, of the of the Manson murders and Sharon Tate or any of this, and they just like they kind of just like didn't get it. They're like, Where's I don't the, get it. What okay, are the people who are like in Inglorious Bastards? Like, what was what did that hit mustache guy? What whatever did he do? <laughs> exactly. Okay, so you, so you named two ways to watch. Okay, then the third. Okay, so the third or... one. It, well, no, those are two. Wait, wait, maybe I overstated. I I, I could have been it could have been hyperbole. Uh, uh, oh, and then you can watch it solely as now that you've heard the story of the book that he's reading when he goes into tears, go back and watch that just for his, you know, as, as anyone can relate to a career or a life that you want to do something and maybe you can't or whatever, you then get to like watch how kind of Hollywood and a lot of these kind of like um, fame illusion kind of things affect people and the way you think about it so so you're now watching this guy live an awesome life but not up to his own standards so now you can go back and watch it having heard the book he's reading and he cries and then like try to watch it again as just an allegory for how life sort of churns you know without these big epic there's no finish line on things you know things are and and ironically then at the end he we get potentially another movie after that where he meets roman polanski who keeps making movies at the level it, he was right. and maybe never meets, you know, a young lady that and inadvertently ends up being this huge, crazy Scandal. asterisk even on right. to the, like, right. he could have taken that road with Sharon Tate and not got into any of the hot water, hot waters that maybe are under. I think, I think the movie that proposes, the wrong, yeah, I think the movie proposes that. Exactly. And that's what I mean. Like, right. like, so, so one of the things that Quentin Tarantino does and he did it and then you realize. Without like exonerating it, him in like a weird backwards way. Not at all. He, I, I right. think that one of the coolest what things if. he did was not putting right. him in the movie, essentially. He's the persona of, of, Roman Polanski, not the person. You know, they, they same with, and I think he did the same thing with Charles Manson. He gave him one little moment so right. that you could see this scary person that may or may not come back later, which is really smart. They didn't like. He wasn't on the ranch when they went it, to the it, ranch. It wasn't right. a story about him. About and Manson I think exactly. I, I think that is one of the things. It almost reminds me of those comics that Marvel used to have. I don't know if they still have them, but the What If. Mm -hmm. you know? It's a total. Well, and and that's what. what a multi it's like a multiverse you know kind totally of. so you you watch the movie and then you have this anxiety the whole way like lou was saying and then you get to the end and it and then it's the best payoff possible for that setup then you can go back and watch the movie again and just like, watch it right and just watch without it. the anxiety let's just watch this movie so now you're on your you know potentially it's probably your second viewing is without the anxiety and then you watch the movie for what it is then you realize it's about this guy's trajectory as an actor and then all of a sudden those western elements make sense because you're seeing him build up a performance to then a payoff when he when the little girl says you know oh, that was some of the best acting right. I've seen. and you're like holy shit what is this movie even about that scene right. though that's so funny because that that's scene, scene like yeah. we'll get to later to best yeah. scene to me that's my favorite scene in the yeah. whole movie is that scene. scene but yeah you're you're watching Here's it being like why is this going on so long what, with what you're saying, yes, you, you're wondering why it's going on so long and why is all of this necessary, even though I found it enjoyable. Whereas with The Irishman, I was like, why is this going on so long? Don't get me started on The Irishman. I, I can't like... even. Can't even. And so this, I was like, I'm entertained. I'm just curious. And you realize that the movie can't be as good as it is if it's just about Tarantino doing an alternative ending to the Manson story. Right. Like, yeah. it's, like that's right, it's then it's a there's nothing there. Pony. Then it's yeah. a right. Pony. Right, exactly. And it's like a bit silly. So... Um, uh, it's, and it is has all these other layers, which makes it so good. 
So the second time through that I watched it, one of the things I thought was so cool, and this is more like of a body of work kind of perspective, the good people in Tarantino movies have success and the bad people always get their comeuppance in almost every single one. So now you watch it going, Quinn Tarantino created the Sharon Tate story we all wish we the world was, right? Like, right. like exactly. she survived and the Manson people got it. You know, they're the ones who got... Uh, they're the ones who had the repercussions right and but then you go back and you go well he did that in glorious bastards as well like you'd like to think that there was a way to like end world war ii on such a kind of epic note and have the christoph waltzes of the world and whatever um what was his actual name in the movie anyway. oh, i don't remember his name but yeah get, get the carving in his head and yeah like 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 his movies have such a profound sense of justice and injustice so like so he makes this kind right, of fairy tale world that Kill Bill is all about in. justice completely <laughs> even to the about. point where where she gives that speech to the little girl going like listen one day you're going to be mad and you're going to come and get me and i'll be ready you know with the right. daughter of one of with the, the daughter of, oh, yeah, yeah um, when she kills vivica fox vivica yeah like like yeah. and again like he sets up a movie that you maybe don't want to see because maybe it would be too linear you know, like, where's the, maybe you don't want to see that thing. So anyway, so that's what I mean about, like, that's why that movie was so profoundly great, because it did everything his movies do times a thousand. Which is also why I liked um, Hateful Eight better on Netflix than I did in the theater. I, I did that's not. That's my least that, favorite. That is my least favorite one by a long shot. Yeah, that to me, me that, that, movie that one long, to me is long, like... and, and, and I guess everyone's bad in that one. Killer? I don't know. It was, it was it was a lot of waiting around there's a movie called uh bad times at the el royale I've yeah. that yeah. i think is the better version of the hateful the hateful eight, eight. I but i also almost... that movie to me is a little it's it's that movie what is it the, the family guy thing it insists upon itself that movie to me is a little proud of the thing that it's making as it's making it that's fair for it's sure just, that's it's, definitely it's too, fair. It's, it's, it's it's too aware that it's a tarantino wannabe movie right Yep. But but I still enjoyed it more than Hateful Eight. Like yeah, no, I can. Tarantino had made Bad Times at El Royale. I would have liked the movie. Like I think it would have been you know a great great movie. Um, so in terms of the in terms of the bending history, okay. Yeah. So so as I, the way I'll describe it, like so you create movies, you direct, you you you're a storyteller. The decision to bend history what like what is the true story purpose like what is an what is an artist doing when they make that decision to take something iconic and twist it around and do an alternate history is it the allegory is it the element of surprise what's what drives someone to do that what are they what are they trying to do there well i mean you know i can't pretend to know what quentin tarantino is thinking but like to me part of it is the way he does it is because he has this ultra confidence in storytelling right so the ultimate way to anything a joke an action movie a horror is subversion of expectation right so like which is to be honest sometimes why i'm not a big fan of horror movies because horror movies sometimes are are about giving you what you think is coming so they're building the tension and then not subverting your expectations so the really good ones subvert your expectations and that's why i'm not like a huge fan of like saw because saw is not it's a everything of that you ex ex exactly it's exactly yeah it's exactly what you think expecting. is coming it's just that mm -hmm. the anxiety is real so but, but he, in this case though it is either he's gonna tell a story or he's not mm -hmm. and i i just find it interesting that like you know the confidence when you say that, you know it, it really 
is an example of the confidence he has as a storyteller because I say to you, okay, I want to make the story, but I'm going to change the ending. And my first thought is, but is that like not fair to the memory of the people who died? And is that offensive? And is that this or that? And you need to like be able to go so see beyond that. Exactly. If you're going to yeah. make something so epic like this and change it so For epically, sure. that's not, it can't even be on your radar. And I think a lot of people have fear of doing that because it can seem trite. It can seem right. sort of like um, disrespectful. Or, yeah, disrespectful. Yeah. And I can't imagine anything less disrespectful than, say, someone from like Sharon Tate's life watching that going, you know, hearing her at the end going, is everything okay out there? And you're like, right. oh, fuck. Yeah, yeah, like that, it's a breath of fresh air. And that's, mm -hmm. I think, why they spent so much time setting her up as this kind of like people, person everybody liked, you know? Right. That was really great. They made her really... Likeable, yeah. And what, like, I, I can't say I knew much about her, but but they made her so incredibly likable. Well, and, and think about. You, sorry. Oh no, no, no. No, I don't want to interrupt. Oh, oh well, no. I was going to say one of the things. That, oh, I, I I said I didn't want to interrupt, and then I did, and then no, I no, no. Again. Go ahead, go. <laughs> I'm happy to hear it. Oh, uh, we're going to have to get Bree in here to keep you under control now. I know. Just, she's actually staring at me and, and just shaking her head when I like. But um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, no, when 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 they put didn't put her in the movie. Or sorry, they didn't put um, they didn't recreate the scenes in the movie with um, Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie. They used right. the actual Sharon Tate scenes from the movie. That's how right. you know he was doing his sort of like respectful due diligence. Uh, they didn't scrub okay. her. They they showcased some of her more interesting moments. And she's in the real posters on the wall. And yes. it's interesting because Which I, I also thought was nice. Like when you I can't see say I knew theater. anything about that movie, and now I'm like, oh, maybe I'll go see that movie. Then. Those are all, man. Have you seen those? The whatever the like uh, Mike, what is it? The, they're like basically James Bond spoofs, like the one right. that the, the Wrecking Crew, like those um, Dean Martin James Bond spoofs. They're really weird. They're oh, super yeah. weird. They're, they're I don't know if 70s. they're good. Oof, they're <laughs> um, so strange. But did you see the just to, to hone on her for a second? I it really stuck with me the and I maybe I don't. It's so silly, but when she goes to watch herself in the scene in the theater, mm -hmm. and it's such an endearing scene when she buys the ticket to go to oh, watch yeah. her own movie. Sure, yeah. And she takes off her boots and her feet are dirty. Yeah. And she puts her feet on the chair, and. Again, you could be like, that's such a weird choice for Tarantino to make because he obviously didn't not notice Margot Robbie's feet being dirty. No, 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 for like, sure. The man re spent millions recreating like Sunset Strip in the 70s for like getting yeah. the storefronts right. He didn't miss her dirty feet. No, someone was making up her feet to look like that. Exactly, to look like that. And, you know, what I take away from that is that, he, you know, she was a real person. Mm -hmm. She was a human being. Yep. And in that moment, as opposed to like saying like she was dirty, which I don't think he was, I think she's, she, you know, he's letting you know this was a real human being that this happened to in my fantasy world. Now I'm yep. using her in my world, but she was real. Well, and that's why, like, everyone's like, oh, Quintino's got a foot fetish. I'm like, he also has an everything ever fetish. fetish. Yeah. yeah, like, this 1970s, right. the entire decade is his fetish. Yeah. Martial then... arts. Um, <laughs> blonde, tall blonde women. Like, Every single thing. Everything. It's a, to me, it's a really nice like way, like you're saying, to just make everybody equal, you know, because they also right. show the, the like hippie girl's feet and all this kind of stuff. And right. By the way, maybe he does have a, I, I also think it's funny when people like go, oh, he's got a foot fetish. I'm like, thou doth protest too much. You know, right. it seems like yeah. someone yeah. noticed that. Yeah. I, I honestly, that I did not even pick up on the feet thing. And like, you guys are opening my eyes to oh. elements of this. Yeah. I just heard a lot of people talk about it, but I, I, I'm with... You know, I, I agree that it's it's uh... the the, um, the so we haven't talked about Brad Pitt, who yeah. was amazing in it. And 
there is there is the scene. There's obviously the Bruce Lee scene, which is controversial, but the the parallel thing that's going on then is him just working on the roof. Yeah, it's just yeah. him kind of thinking, right? Like, and 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 like he's just kind of thinking, and he's reacting to these memories, mm-hmm. and you know, I loved that. I loved that. <laughs> just, I just loved watching him react because he's. I mean. So it's kind of funny. He's really acting, right? Like, I mean, obviously he's an actor and he's acting, but to me, like, that is one of the most interesting parts is this guy just sort of like remembering this crazy event and kind of realizing why he's not allowed on the set anymore and, and why he gets sent away. Well, right? he's also on the other side of of Leonardo DiCaprio's journey. You know, he's uh, on the other side of Dolph's journey. Yeah. Right. Like, he's the one who, who kind of messed it up and, like, has to deal with it. Oh, here's Brie. This is good timing. Oh, are they videoing? No. Well, sort of. Do you want to talk about Because they were just bringing up uh, Brad Pitt. We're not seeing her now. We, we, we don't see her. And, and if she does not want... Hold on. Her, her hair and makeup people are just putting the final touch. Um, no, I look horrible. Oh, okay. No, no, but... Becky's wearing a that... human. I have bronchitis and haven't left my house in seven days. I don't think she can. Breeze has a one up on us. Hi, Bree. Hi, Bree. Um, Here, pull up a chair if you want. You are, uh, can she hear us? Uh, can you hear anything? I can't hear oh, anything. Hold on. Here, wear these for a second. It's a classic hike. His wife come on with you. shy. Jeez, Bree, you could have made an effort or something. I know, right? I, I, no more effort. There will be no more efforts Bree, made. I am 100% just teasing you. Like Lily said, he's wearing, wearing a human. Lily has bronchitis and oh I'm going to die. Oh, I see. He has a new baby. Oh my god! You not put together is like one hundred times prettier than me and my three siblings combined on our best day. Well, we know we know that I'm not in that conversation at all. How much do you love the ergo, though? It's the best thing in the world. I mean, if the ergo didn't exist, I don't know how I would parent. She basically lives in it, and we would not be able to take care of our other child. If I put my son in the ergo for way too long, like I would still, (laughs) he's nine, and I would still have him in the ergo if I could, if I could fit him in. Wear them as a backpack. It's the same thing. Um, No, there's just it's such a good thing. Flying with my kid with that thing too is the best thing ever. Yes. Yes. I got a little too aggressive with a, a flight attendant who was like, you have to take that off. And I was like, why do you hate me? That, that's how me? I was with my lightsaber I built at Disney World. I was like, you cannot take this away from me. Fair <laughs> enough. A baby or a lightsaber. It is like your baby. Uh, it, well, it was very special. So it's great to meet you. I'm shy. Becky is the one with the baby. Lily's the one Hi. who's... With movie night. With the with the with the with the logo in the background, yeah. um, we all. We, I mean, I know I follow you. I don't know about my sisters, but I find you hilarious huh? on Instagram. By the way, oh, yes. thank I you. think you are so funny. Thank and, you. Uh, you are agreed. Yeah. Thank you. Yay, guys! I'm gonna follow back. I'm so sorry. I'm I'm actually like I'm a little uh selfish and narcissistic on Instagram. I just post my stuff and then leave. So okay. Yeah, but I, you, I'm gonna you're providing a service because you're really funny. I mean, I love. I mean, Mike has told us about your wit, and and he's like sort of acted out things that you will say to people at parties on the podcast before. And so knowing that backstory, when you make a joke, like you po- you posted an expression of yourself, I think earlier either today or yesterday mm-hmm. um observing people not following social distancing right now and i was like that sounds like the character mike has described for us yep yeah i was jo- i was running i went on a run today 
Um, not to brag, guys. No big deal. <laughs> well, Lily can't because the police. We're not allowed out of our house. So. Are you honestly? But it's a for real brag that you're doing. Like yeah, you, you, you can't, can't you can't run. Lily's in Spain though. No, you so can't are... leave. No, she can't leave her house. You can't leave your house. I will. I will. So you say... could run in your house. I will say, or run, run away outside. from the police. Yes, <laughs> but they are arresting people and the getting tickets. Person. If okay. they can catch me. Right. Just <laughs> <joking>. <laughs> <laughs> don't listen to that FBI well, the, in, in Spain there the police's pants are very tight in euro so I'm not sure how fast they can mm -hmm. run Maybe. actually no. look it <laughs> but, but what I but what I what I will say is that that's gonna that might be our reality soon because we went for a drive yesterday and we're like we'll just find like a quiet part of the beach where nobody is around and it'll be fine everybody else in LA had the exact same idea it that, was that, yeah that's why they had to close the beaches here because <sighs> I think they're going to soon like it's gonna get yeah. it's just it, it it was like a normal saturday yesterday right like everybody was out i they had I to ran close by. the volcano they have a volcano and they had to close it because people were like well nobody's gonna be on the volcano oh my <laughs> everybody god everybody went and <sighs> like like they just because everybody has the same idea right uh-huh so everybody's like well nobody will go so we're gonna go and we're gonna have like our outing it's just yeah it's a little <sighs> deep breaths with deep breaths so, happier so, things brad pitt we're talking it's once upon happy. a time in hollywood we're, we're <laughs> yeah. talking what, what i have a controversial view of brad pitt in tell that us movie. tell us Ooh, in that no, movie we want to hear it well oh, we love controversy i, I yeah. just don't think that killing your wife is ever funny oh i just I don't think oh, oh i really i, 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 I just don't well, it's, think that, it's that implied, like, right? Did I miss something? Well, when he's when he's on the boat. Well, okay. I feel boat, yeah. I feel a couple ways about this. First of all, he had a very public divorce with a very with Angelina Jolie, and, and like two. she was and Jennifer, Aniston. and Jennifer Aniston. But the most recent one was her, and there was an implication of domestic violence. Like whether it was founded, whether it wasn't, there was an implication of it. So he was accused of domestic violence, and. But acquitted. And, but yeah. and acquitted, and I'm, I, right. I'm sure, I'm sure, whatever, I, I, if he was acquitted, that's that's fine. But still, yeah, FBI investigation. And and I and he I feel what? None of that happened though. I, I, he was acquitted, but there was an implication. No, no, and no, also, okay, never went to trial. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. So FBI, in real life, the FBI investigated it. Yes. An incident yes. on a private I'm not, plane. I don't even know what, yes, with him and Maddox. I don't even know yeah. what happened. I just know that there was some rumors of some sort of domestic violence in his life. And right. I feel like, so when you see the film, and when there is that one tiny scene, just knowing what I know about like production and scripts and probably his relationship with Quentin Tarantino in the movie, they were like, oh, we're just gonna put in this one scene. It's gonna be hilarious. It's gonna add to your character. And then when you go back and watch the movie and let's just say you subtract that one scene with him on the boat with his like, also, I hate the narrative of the naggy wife. Like, right. he's an asshole. He's a fucking, like, kind of a deadbeat in this movie. So, like, how are we How are we continuing this narrative of, like, a naggy I, wife that to deserves feel, to die? I'm starting to feel guilty right now. Well, like, Jeez. she's a naggy oh, wife. But, like, I am because, so like, happy you are saying all of this. I'm so happy you're saying all of this right. because it's so easy to gloss over these things and forget them. And in the moment of watching it, I cringed during mm -hmm. that scene. It Especially not... the whole dynamic of, like, exactly the, the deadbeat husband and the naggy wife and that somehow the wife is deserving of this punishment of this whether 
punishment. Whether or not right. he's the one that doled out, you know, the punishment and her I dying. I don't remember the deserving scene of it because about. she's nagging. And that's my point. Boat. You don't yeah. remember it, and it's not important to the movie. So all it does, Why does it need is, to be there? Is, is instill and like keep on pushing this narrative that. It's okay. There are some circumstances where it's okay to kill the bitch, you know? And I feel like because we're living in a society where my husband and I have this stupid joke where I'm like, if I ever get murdered, you better have an airtight alibi because it's always the husband. So you better figure it out. When I think it's, if we're living in a, a society where women are still being murdered by their husbands, it's not a funny joke. It's just Wait, not funny. And that's exactly how I feel about the Bruce Lee scene because I just don't find it. I just, I did not find it. I did not see the humor. I did not find that funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but I for, think, right, for obvious reasons. I mean, I hated that scene and I was, that was, a, I, I loved the movie, but that scene I was like really upset about. Mm-hmm. Um, and and ironically, my husband, who's like dedicates his life to martial arts and grew up to, with Bruce Lee as his idol, didn't think it was so bad. Um, maybe that's the Spaniard in him. I don't know. But the point is that people who have defended the Bruce Lee scene to me, no one has mentioned the potential what? wife. And I the, feel like I brought that that's up true. at some uh, point. But, but the no, Bruce but Lee have you heard scene... a lot more noise about the Bruce Lee scene? Oh, and the yeah. feet, His, clearly. And the feet, and the, clearly. And the dirt, Margot Robbie's dirty feet. And I would f- say that the people who have defended the Bruce Lee scene have used an argument that is growing on me that I'm trying to be open to. And I think it could be maybe applied to the wife scene, <sighs> which not, does not make it okay. Same with Bruce Lee. But it might make sense in the context of the movie of people say that the Bruce Lee scene was a fantasy, that it never actually happened, that this is his remembering, it's right? He's on the roof. Like, rationalizing I... being- Well, listen, listen, <laughs> that's true too, but, or being, um, a, you know, a wife killer a misogynist. or whatever. A misogynist. And so, you know, Shai said, you, you see him on the roof and he's like, obviously acting it's, and he's remembering these excuse. scenes. It's just a rationalization and, of why to make it okay. Well, it also could give you another layer into this character who the way he remembers it, he beat Bruce Lee and his wife was this nagging bitch. Mm-hmm. And that might just, I, when I saw it, it, to me, it justified their breakup or their divorce. But I, now I, now I no, can't remember it. she's dead in the movie. But she dies while they're married, or she dies. Well, they break he's, up and holding, then she dies. he's holding the um, the uh, is it a crossbow that he's holding on the boat? They they it's sp- spear fishing. It's yeah, spear they, fishing. yeah, spear fishing. So they like, I mean, listen, they obviously don't show him like pulling Killing the trigger, yeah. but like they strongly allude to it. And I even think, even if that isn't the case, even if he didn't kill her, to make a joke where where that is the joke i just don't think i don't think it's funny i i don't and i also feel like again take it out of the film it's still a great movie and like also if you're going to make that joke and i feel like this is the thing with quentin tarantino movies then like kill brad pitt i don't know make make right. like make him suffer for doing that like, like i don't mind having I don't know. Film, right he like, gets to then be the hero it all listen yeah. He's the white male hero that like killed his naggy bitch wife and he gets everything. He gets his best friend, his best friend gets the career and he gets everything at the end. And I'm just like, that bothered me a lot. I just think it all points to Tarantino's privilege. Yeah, you make a strong case. I think it points to Tarantino's privilege and as incredibly talented as he is as a director, it's just a reminder of like, 
white male privilege and it's really easy to to not have to worry about portrayals of domestic violence he's had some also things issues with like taking it i mean too far with his female because lead, because like he can Charmin, because there's no one she has it. said you know that she i mean they've had a, a very long relationship for many, many years but she has said that he kind of took advantage and like pushed her too far and, and killed bill and she actually hurt her neck mm-hmm. and like on that car crash scene and like that so, you know i i wonder behind this the complexities about his uh, relationship with women so brie you you're an actor you have worked on and tons of stuff um if it's okay to ask like when you're in those situations with a director you know some sort of big time you know big time celebrity type of director what's the power dynamic like or, or if you are comfortable talking about this if, if you're being only, asked to... i've only i haven't like i guess i worked with uh on true detective uh carrie what's his uh from from Ajaya, from, from i don't know michael said but the the director of the first season of true detective he was a super young guy. I guess he was like the most, like the biggest, most noteworthy dude that I worked with. Karen That's him. That's him. Um, and he was just awesome. I feel like he was so great. He worked so well with everybody. I think that it really shows in the series how amazing he was. And I didn't feel compromised in any way. But I don't think I'm like an overly like sexual kind of person you know like I was in deception and like for the pilot they uh the director was oh the guy that was on 30 something what was his name Peter Horton no oh what was his name he was on like the the guy with the long hair no I think so yes what's his name uh Michael I I love by the way I love that you I love that you just dropped a peter horton yeah i love that you just dropped a 30 something reference because i remember growing up and our parents were very serious about that show i i like 30 something i mean i'm 40 and i thought that it was good yeah peter horton i was right and i was like oh my god he's from 30 something and he was great um and he requested that i was topless like for the for the pilot of deception even though it was a network tv show and there was no way that they would ever show it but he just didn't want it to be in the way and my agent was like what the hell that's very weird we don't really like that and i was like i don't really have a problem with it i don't like i don't have a problem with it i like my where my line is and i think that every actor has to pick where their line is and where like they're least comfortable like I, I'm luckily, I'm, I'm lucky I never had a rape scene because that would be something that would push up against my boundaries as like, a, as an actress. But like, I, I guess I'm lucky I've never really had, except at the very beginning of my career, there was a sex scene and at the end of, or the, the end of the day, they pushed the sex scene to the end of the day. And in my contract, it said that I was going to be, um, nude bra and underwear and this is all sorted out by the unions before you even get on set and then we it's like eight o'clock at night we're not making our day they're shooting the scene and they're like just joking you're going to be on top and we're going to you know see your full full like boobs and everything and I was like 19 or 18 at the time and I was like ah this doesn't really feel right to me I don't really think this movie's worth it and I don't really (laughs) don't really not so good and I tried to call my reps and and the and the the union and nobody answered obviously because everybody's gone for the weekend and thank god I had two wardrobe people on set that were like nope she's not doing that sorry 
we can't we can't get the wardrobe together and that's not going to work so we're just going to have we're just going to do it this and way did they like have your back or yeah they, they totally just, did they no, 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 no. It's, wow. i think it's i think it's really Amazing. as a feminist and as like somebody that kind of like is a woman who like fiercely will give women all the room in the world and stands beside them most of the time I feel like that those are the times in my career that really made a difference when there was another woman that was like nope she's not going to do that so I feel like that's kind of although white men it would be cool if you guys you know like, the <laughs> yeah I don't know that's a good story that's a really thank you for sharing thank that you for sharing that yeah that is really that is like that is really so, powerful and so really what you're thankful. You're saying though is that you did not like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Is that, is that I did. I just wish that people weren't flippant about. I wish that feminism wasn't such a. Oh, why do girls always have to spoil the fun? All we want to do is make boob jokes and kill girls on camera. What the fuck? Why you got to spoil all the fun, feminists? And I'm like, it sucks. I wish that we could too, but unfortunately husbands are still killing wives so right. when they cut that shit out we can make all the jokes we want about it you know right and you're i think and that's, I I think that's, you're, you're I, right. that's a conversation that I, I i hear sometimes where people people ask the question of well is, don't we just want everything equal where like everyone can be equally not offended and treated the same and and i said yeah but that's uh, my answer is always like that's something maybe we aspire to but there is a lot of ground that has to be made up before we can start, quote unquote, treating people like uh, equally. Like there's a lot owed to folks who have not been treated equitably over yeah. a long, long period of time before we can start pretending there is no difference. Uh, yeah. Um, and uh, I, I, I think like guys who are well-meaning and trying to not treat everyone differently and that's their way of, of, of addressing this particular situation are missing the part about making up the space. So when you talk about believe women, I'm like, yes, you do have to believe women because, um, and uh, you do have to believe women because we've got, we've got like thousands of years of not believing them to make up for. And, and then maybe, you know, at some point, you know, we'll go back to just, you know, everybody, uh, everything being able to just simply handled through, um, uh, through the courts. Maybe we're just going to. And, and I also think your point is excellent of, you know, you like the movie and if that scene wasn't in it, you would have liked it even more and it didn't even need to be in it. And it's just sort of like, it you felt know, to unfortunate. Me, it felt film. to me that there was a, there was a fuck you conversation between Brad Pitt and Quentin Tarantino where they were like, Let's like yeah. Let's let's, let's, let's get a, a dig. dig at, at this. Let's, yeah. let's get a let's dig, dig at, at what at, at like naggy bitches at like the naggy bitches that deserve the the spear gun. It and is I, a broy movie. It is a it is it is a. It's bro the broiest of all broy right. movies. And I, I mean, feel it is like a romance between the two men. It is, and I mean, and and I will like I'm gonna give him I'm gonna give him because it did it was like a a love letter to all actors in Hollywood, all white actors. I'll say because that's another thing oh, um and also like it was a love letter to Sharon Tate which I thought I was like oh how beautiful that he like rewrote her story and that's amazing that's so great so I'll give him both those things like how amazing um but I also feel like it you know what you were talking about before about believing women it takes an effort for the more privilege you have in society the more you have to learn and like put the effort in learning about people who don't have that privilege uh, 100%. so you can make space 
if I may make a recommendation, oh, yeah. uh, one of our recurring guests, I think he'll soon he'll be on as many times as Mike is this, uh, it's Dr. Jonathan Brantman. And he wrote this amazing kids book called UBU, which is all about intersectionality in a way of like teaching children about it. Mm -hmm. And he has a beautiful way of talking about privilege and, and like the way you layer, the way you have to layer that in a way that I think is really disarming and um, kind of like lowers the temperature of the conversation. So people who are feeling defensive about giving up their privilege are like, oh, I understand what you're saying here. Right. Um, so I highly it's recommend- It's not about giving up your privilege. It's about extending that and he, privilege and, and he to all And he actually writes about it. Like he writes about it for kids in the book. Yeah. And oh, great. my eight-year-old has read the book. Uh, um, and so I highly, I highly recommend it for you guys. I love that. Well, my son thinks that he's a social, well, not thinks, he is a social justice warrior in his own little way because there was um, a discussion at school where somebody made the joke, oh, you're so gay or whatever. And he was like really triggered and was like, because a lot of our friends are, are gay. And he was like, wait, I don't understand. How like, is why is that a problem? A bad thing. Right. And like he had to like he had his own little TED talk at school being oh, like, Hey guys. That's amazing. It's not it's not a bad thing. It's not an insult. So please don't use it that way. So I was really proud of him. I was like, Yay, we're doing something right. And and you made me think of the fact that it, it came with the whole Bruce Lee controversy. It, in many different articles, it came out that Brad Pitt and the stunt coordinators brought it up that they didn't they they weren't happy with the scene because you have this legend and like he was treated like horribly in the scene and in the real the original script he actually you see him win the fight ah uh, Bruce Lee and when no you see cool? Brad Pitt win the fight oh and instead it of it cut being off. Yeah, it gets, it cut, it off gets cut off because the producer or whatever walks in is like yeah, yeah. guys stop it whatever and so in the original script the scene goes to the end. Brad Pitt wins and the stunt coordinator the real one in the actual film and Brad Pitt had said to Tarantino look you can't do that like it's were you talking insane. about Zoe Bell Zoe Bell was the they didn't was, name the, oh, okay. in the article that no but Zoe article, Bell anyway. Zoe Bell plays oh, the, the, the she's a famous stunt woman herself but and she right. and she was the main stunt woman of the movie she's actually she's actually a, didn't a name yeah. it the person in the article she's and like then, a big time right mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. and then she but then so then they had said that to Tarantino like look like it's your movie but like that's a bridge too far like it's fucking Bruce Lee. Like you can't. Because it's that. also a racial thing too. It is. You know? it is the cute, white, the white guy humiliates beating the, the, mm -hmm. the the Asian guy, mm -hmm. and um, and it's also like detrimental to his legacy. Like it's a terrible thing to do. So, mm -hmm. so then you know they he walked it back enough that it just gets interrupted. People, including his daughter, are obviously still very upset about that scene. Mm -hmm. And now it makes me think, how come I didn't read the part of the article where they're like, and then even though Tarantino refused to change it because it's his movie and his way, so-and-so is upset about that wife killing scene. <laughs> because, because feminism is an eye roll. It's but, an eye but, roll. But, it's but like, don't ruin our fun. I feel like we've talked this really about this before. And I, I, I feel like uh, um, it has, uh, among the... Uh, terrible things that are still accepted to do, being horrible to women has been this like right up there. constant yeah. of acceptable things. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, and you know, I, from my world being in Washington, D.C., like you see in political culture, it seems that being terrible to women always seems to squeak through. 
that that seems to regardless by the way of the gender of the person speaking it's not i wouldn't say but but like it seems like the acceptableness well there are women who are horrible uh, to women well but but the acceptableness of of creating stereotypes or or boxing a woman into a particular hole of nagging or shrill you know and i'm and i'm just going to the top you know the sort of the top layer stuff let alone more insidious things is far more accepted than other stuff which has which has become sort of more taboo but but being terrible to women has been it continues to be uh too uh, unacceptably acceptable yeah Um, no and and i think i think more to that is it just hasn't it's always been acceptable it just hasn't become unacceptable like, I think that being terrible to women has always just been the status quo and it hasn't been challenged. Like, it's just, it's always just been that way. And I, I actually had a, I'm doing a master's degree right now and we had a very uh, heated conversation where somebody's like, well, at least it's not the 1950s anymore. Things have gotten better. And I'm like, Ugh. I feel like men use that argument a lot and men and women, sorry, I don't want to gender it, use that argument a lot to be like, you should be happy for what you have. So be grateful like calm down, like I mean, you have enough, calm down. I will down. say when my kids complain about buffering with like the internet, <laughs> I, I do tell them, you know, when we were kids, we, we had, had to watch what was on. Mm-hmm. We and had commercials. commercials. But with what you're talking about, mm-hmm. I think it makes a lot more sense. Well, I mean, like it's it's just a little, it's it's just a, a, a way to sign, to, to, to tell women to calm, to shut up, to silence them a little bit, to be like, stop complaining. And, and I, I wish I could see behind the scenes or know if anybody, maybe his wife, Tarantino's wife, or who's a woman, or anybody mm-hmm. mentioned, and maybe he, you know, he's his movie, do whatever he wants, said, no, I'm not changing it. But I'm curious, like, if somebody raised their hand and was like, man, I don't know how well that you think sometimes I, I'm curious more of why he felt that needed to be in the movie. I'm curious to know why he felt that it wasn't more powerful to Bruce, for Bruce Lee to beat the shit out of Brad Pitt. Like, wouldn't right. that have just added to like, like it just- Right, Brad Pitt would have been fired either way for starting a fight with yeah. Bruce Lee, right? Sure. Like, yeah. <laughs> and busting or like, the car and all that stuff. Everything. Well, that's also like a step further. Why choose that as Brad Pitt's darkness? Brad Pitt has a darkness in the character. Uh-huh. There's a secret of the character, and there's uh-huh. this depth to the character. Well, why make it that? You can make it a lot of things. Maybe he uh-huh. robbed a bank, you know, whatever it is. Like, you could do multiple things. Why make it that specific target? Mm-hmm. The dark, mm-hmm. his, like, his character's dark side. There also can be a dark side without him having to have murdered his wife. Maybe exactly. he's just like, he's just dark. He's just dark and he's like this, Or it know? was a bad divorce or whatever, like whatever it is. What? Does, Tarantino usually ends in murder, unfortunately. Brad Pitt will be on the outside and he's actually like a nice guy who's on the inside. Brad Pitt, well, I actually The show Bruce Lee training Sharon Tate for that reason, I think. Oh, uh, okay. To show that he's on the inside and Brad Pitt's on the outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, mean that that scene is disrespectful for Bruce Lee, but I do Bruce think Lee Bruce Lee is. otherwise appears in the movie as a much much more positive character mm-hmm. than that. Than scene. Brad Pitt. In general. Well, except I mean, for Brad general. Pitt, in except for Brad Pitt gets to kill all of um, Charles Manson's. You know what I mean? Like right. he still gets to be the ultimate hero and hit them. Oh, that was Leonardo DiCaprio that hit them with the blowtorch. But like he still like does, has trained his dog and goes and his dog. You know what I mean? Like he's the badass. 
Yeah, he's the badass. He's the guy that's like topless, like with the hot body. He's so the hero. He's untouchable for the whole movie. He shows up at the ranch and you're like, your anxiety is like, oh my God, they're going to get him. And then they don't. They don't. He gets away with it every time. And that to me was, I don't know, fine. Sorry, Quentin. Sorry about my bad review. Sorry. (laughs) Don't hold it against me. But please read like some book about, you know, I don't know. So, so this is great. We would, we've been, I'm so glad we got you on. To, to, is there anything else you want to talk gonna, about before no, we I'm put gonna, Mike back on? I, I, no, I'm going to go. I, no, nothing. Cause I have to make, what I have to say is I have to make my son lunch right now. So I'm oh. totally like, thank you I so much it. for no, doing this. It is a pleasure to so meet you. Thank you. Well, well, really fun. Your son needs you his energy now. for his TED talks. So I know you're does. doing good for the world. For his social justice work. Obviously you're doing something right. So well, I'm amazing. I'm trying. I'm trying. Bye. Good luck in spain and thank i hope you. you get to go outside soon and thank where are you, you? i'm i'm in berkeley <laughs> yeah, berkeley. I'm in berkeley, yeah, yeah. san francisco i can see yeah. by your uh yeah. and where, where are you oh i'm in uh, i'm in arlington virginia in the dc area oh how's that how's it going out there uh, I, I would say it's like very much like the East Coast. People are mostly staying inside, but like going like going for walks with okay. your cluster of people is the acceptable thing. But but I haven't seen like crowded area. I mean, we've only walked around our like block or to the park near our house. So I, you know, or like a, a surgical strike to the grocery store. Gotcha. In general, people are neurotic enough here that it's really settled in. <laughs> so uh, people here are just like being like, I got my essential. Oil. I'm fine. Jesus. Okay. <laughs> Bye, guys. See ya. Your son didn't let me make bacon. I oh, bacon. Uh, he said you promised, okay. and then he got mad at me. Becky, sorry, I took so long. Sorry. Hello. Well, thanks, Mike. Now we can't say anything else about the movie. So. No, we can. We can. Great. I will say, no, but she's right, and she's a hundred percent right. And the movie's shit, and great. No, I think I think the movie can. But this is—I have to tell you what Brie talked about, and and the collective reaction to loving the movie. I feel like nails how I feel about Tarantino. I really love his films. Yeah, I don't. They're what problematic. He, what he what he They're shows me sure about him, what he shows me about himself through his films, I don't like. Oh, but I do like his films, and I and I have felt that well, way. We all mm-hmm. have to imagine very early on. Yeah. He seems like a weird dude, right? <laughs> and I think he, that like I'm not with sure someone who along with, with someone who is so um, such an author with his films, right? Like everything is so detailed according to exactly how he envisions it. Mm-hmm. Um, he is telling us a lot about himself uh, as an artist, as a person, um, the way he relates to the world. And that's where I always have, have my conflict with his films is that I really like them, but I don't like what he's telling me about who I think he that's, is. And so, that's hard. Yeah but, it, yeah, but it continues to make him compelling. Right. But I think that's to me is what's so interesting is because he sort of lives in a world where he's gone past the injustice of the injustice. So like he's living his life like he's in a world that has like made amends for slavery or like made amends for race relations or feminism. Right. Women writer. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's living his head in that world. I'm not even saying he's wrong. Like maybe he actually is a 
well-adjusted person on the other side of the debate, but that doesn't mean well, society. It, it also like it's it, you, you have like Becky said, like somebody who puts a scene like that, you know, and, and chooses to make the darkness of their character someone who possibly killed his wife. That's a bit mm-hmm. far because you're supposed to love this character as the movie's yeah. going on, and then also uh, makes that character fantasize or recall a scene of beating up Bruce Lee, which is ridiculous. <laughs> you know, you, those things would normally make me hate a movie. And right. like turn me off completely. Yet it's like somehow he gets this like weird pass of it being in the world of Tarantino. I, I think Becky really hit it on the head. So if we extrapolate what you know his movies say about him, I'd mm-hmm. like to say that as we move to our next topic smoothly, <laughs> right? What the rise of Skywalker tells me about JJ <laughs> is that he is a. Man. I knew this is what you were gonna say. <laughs> Like, how did I knew to my gut? He is willing to sacrifice of himself. I agree. And his own reputation to right the ship of the galaxy far, far away. Mike, what did you think of the Rise of Skywalker? (laughs) I I have to say, I like the way you you, you got in between the two cars, but I think you hit the wing mirror, you know what I mean? uh, uh, No, I, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, I really liked Rise of Skywalker, but I do think that it made everyone in the world admit that Star Wars is a little dumb. (laughs) <laughs> and that I think an entire generation of but no one now. ever. But I feel like that's. I just watched New Hope for the one hundredth yeah. time with my four year old. Yeah, who's recently four, so for like a year he's been watching New Hope. Yeah, and he can just now finish it, and I'm watching it with him, and I'm like, I get the Chewbacca's in it. I get that there's lightsabers. Yeah, I I get that there's like some really cool stuff, but I'm like, dude, this movie makes no sense, and it's super boring. It's amazing. <laughs> I was like, it's amazing, but I don't understand what's the appeal to you and he's just like Chewbacca he's like so right. excited but that movie's like 100% and, like flying around on a spaceship like that's just true. an experiential movie true. there's nothing that I, actually I was, happened I was thinking about it today and I was like oh my god George Lucas is sitting somewhere gajillionaire on his ranch mm-hmm. and he's like jokes on you dum-dums like well, this whole thing is built on it works but it doesn't work because it's smart no, and, and I think it was only it was only Empire Strikes Back that made people go, "Oh, this is there's like a real like the first one was a roller coaster. Like it was it was like a right. meta analysis of what movies were, and it was I mean it came out around like a couple years after Chinatown. You know what I mean? Like think about like the the <laughs> depth were level. So excited, but I mean it is experiential Chinatown. movies are re- like one of my favorite movies is Man from Uncle. I don't know why it's like it, it, it's it just movies hit you in a certain way, and I think Star Wars it's just an adventure. It's like uh like like I went on the Millennium Falcon ride at. Uh, Disney. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome, and but it was awesome, and it was a freaking video game. It wasn't even, you know, it was oh, a yeah. game with, like that, a nice chair. I will say that that right, the building of the lightsaber experience. Yeah. Was I don't know if you've done that. No, that was I didn't. Most amazing that. thing I've ever. Huh. Done. It's incredible because oh, that was like the definition of. Somehow, somehow we're circling back to the lightsaber. Okay, Mike, all right. Please keep going. All right. <laughs> so, so your so your reaction. So yeah. Your so, reaction. so I thought it was great, and I think that if. So it's like, it's like everyone, it, 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 much in the same way that everyone switched to Zoom and didn't tell me, everyone went from hating um, <laughs> Ryan Johnson and uh, uh, Force, whatever, the middle one, Rise, Rise of Last Jedi. Last Jedi. Last Jedi. Rise everybody, Jedi. everybody like all of a sudden flipped their opinion on that movie all of a sudden. Like all of a sudden, like Ryan Johnson was a great filmmaker because well, I like, no, saw Knives no. Out. No, no, but Shy did it. Oh, because of Knives Out. Knives Out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Knives Out was like a like, middling Poirot movie. Mike, okay. you and Shy are kindred spirits. That's all I have to say. Well, but, 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 but it's important, though, because, like, 
is not important. What I have to say is the opposite of important. Like the, the, uh, no, no, Mike, but, it is important. But like Brick is one of my favorite movies, right? And then yes. Looper. Looper is fantastic. I love The first that movie. hour and a half of Looper is great. Like and then it gets yeah. into I'm with you. Then it becomes Shy, I'm telling you, Shy and Mike, it's like they share a brain <laughs> opinion. It it's so weird. But Rise, Brick the is problem amazing, with, though. But the problem with Rise of Skywalker is you, it, it admits to the audience that it's an empty box. The Star Wars mythology is an empty box. Because How everyone, can you take me, yeah. take me into that line of thinking? Okay, so... so there, I thought it was like an absolute, it is exactly what it should have been as the end of the series. It just had to do it in the last 20 minutes of the nine episodes. Got it. So it's like, if, you, if they had structured those three movies better, I think everybody would have thought the way this paid off was exactly right. Like the, like, as I was watching going, yep, uh, I'm glad the Emperor's back. Yep, that feels right. Uh, I really like the sort of metaphorical murder of, Kylo Ren and the rebirth mm-hmm. of of uh, I, I, Ben Ben and Solo. Solo. Solo and then and then the way it ended like I loved I, even little dumb things like passing off the lightsaber oh, I thought it was, was awesome great. like doesn't make any fucking sense but like and it was like <laughs> awesome like and and that's the thing is the only reason it was it was the only reason it was bad is because you couldn't go back and make that second movie okay. Right. Ah. So oh, yeah. you, you are admitting with that third movie that the second movie was a waste of time. That third movie negates the second movie. Therefore, as a fandom, you're like, fuck. Right. You, like, you're you're because, admitting it was mishandled. So, so here's, your point, here's to your point about the box. Is it possible mm-hmm. that without a George Lucas, so without George Lucas, right, yeah. and without a true creative driver, the way mm-hmm. Kevin Feige runs Marvel, you know, or George Lucas, right? Because you cannot like what George Lucas did with the prequels, but at the end of the day, it's his story, right? Sure. It's his it's his thing. Right, right. By not passing it to somebody else, whether, you know, or by having him no longer the sort of ruler of the, you know, the rule setter, the game mm-hmm. master, if you will. Yeah. Is the box inherently going to be in question forever? <gasps> That's a good, I mean, to me, I, I've always had this opinion and, and, you know, like I, I always talk like I know anything about what I'm talking about, but like as someone who's like been involved. We with, believe you. Well, you know, but like, so uh, I don't think you can be a fan of something and make it good. I think you can. Uh-huh. You've said, you've said this before. Yeah. I and like I you've think, said this to us before. And I think that's a brilliant point. Well, that's the exact reason that I think JJ Abrams needed to make Force Awakens, which was fan service. That felt like, Force Awakens felt like you were walking through the lineup in Star Wars land and he's going to tell you the ride you're about to get on <laughs> but there's no actual movie and then uh, but I think Rise of Skywalker is the movie to me whereas oh, and, and, wow. and I think the second one is like someone listen Brian Johnson I think is a brilliant person he's a very good filmmaker but I think he's also kind of like what do you call that thing where you're like I have an uncle who's a particle physicist and I always feel like and I love him and he's awesome, but I also feel like he's like, oh no, the monkey's talking, you know, like, cause he's so smart, you know, and I'm, <laughs> you know, this like cartoon maker and he's like, oh my God, he didn't drool. This is a fantastic, he's doing so well. The, um, and I think that's where Ryan Johnson lives. So when he's dealing with Star Wars, he's like, I'm going to subvert their expectations, but inadvertently is going fuck you to the, to the fans of the series. And I think there's a way to right. balance the two. And that to me is why J.J. Abrams' Star Trek is a good movie. And Force mm. Awakens is not a good movie. And then he saw them make a bad movie with Rise of Skywalker or Last Jedi or whatever, the middle one. 
and then went, oh shit, I better, now that I can maintain, I think watching a bad Star Wars movie get made gave him the objectivity, in my opinion, to make a good Star Wars movie. Ah, because before he was just playing it like safer and building Yeah, the first one, he's like, I gotta go to George Lucas' house, he's gonna get mad at me. Like, you're so <laughs> excited to be J.J. Abrams because if you had to make all three, that's, like, a shit pile of responsibility. But you made the first one and people liked it enough. enough. And someone shit the bed. And then you get to clean up the pieces and everything but, they do, did wrong, are, you get a right. And but then people are very harsh. People are very harsh about The Rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't, that that's, I don't that's understand. That's bullshit. I don't understand that. I now, think that is literally just angry about the second yeah, that's one just, and then it's over. And that's also fans, like, such deep, just, like... And I think we've, have we complain. talked about this. We talked about this that like there's such a sadness when a series ends that um, fans right. lash out. No matter they're what. rushing out. No, like, and the way, and it's like yeah, like it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's Game of Thrones, Avengers, Star Wars, super some a certain cluster of their lashing out they're lash out no matter what. Yeah, I, I agree completely because I think Endgame and don't like I think. Infinity War was a brilliant movie. I loved Infinity War, and I thought are those Endgame... two movies not the same. <laughs> kind of, but the Endgame, Endgame to me was I hated Endgame. I didn't. Endgame like is Endgame. after I, Infinity War. I, yeah, I thought last, Endgame last was. I thought Endgame was far weak. For the same people who were out praising Endgame were the same people. A lot of them were the same people crapping on Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. and I'm like, guys, Endgame was good because like it didn't completely fall apart yeah you can hardly say like are we still getting these movies though there's a new one coming out the coronavirus hasn't killed fucking marvel movies (laughs) have i told you like i made them stronger the saddest i've been so far is them delaying james bond (laughs) (laughs) i was like pretty excited but on the upside all these disney movies and different things are coming to digital and to streaming sooner so everyone watch onward. onward everyone see onward at home now Yay. Yeah, it's funny. It's I, I wonder if uh, if Becky, if like your husband would, would think this, but I'm like nervous about Onward because Onward seems like the all the people who have been making storyboards for me crowdsource the plot to a movie. Because it's like and then what? there's a, I mean we can we yeah, can, there's a magic power and they go we can, and there's cars. We, can, we might we have to take this con- we might have to take this conversation offline once the podcast ends. <laughs> don't I don't think I can we're gonna put a pin on, on we're gonna put a pin on Mike, we can say Becky's Becky's first child's name is in the credits of Onward. So oh, oh, there's only so much you can talk about. No, 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 not at all. Can, but there's only so much we can talk as about. They being say, away, so. Why don't we take this to a breakout room? <laughs> so if you were to mike you know you gave us the pocket jedi when Uh, we talked about last time you gave us and i still can't get out of my head the idea of at the end of force awakens luke getting handed the lightsaber and then throwing it off the cliff and having Ray go get it and train, right? That was the mic cut. Oh, it would have been, it's the like Pai Mei at the top of the mountain. Come if, on. If you would have done, if you would do a mic cut to Rise of Skywalker, is there anything you would do, or maybe you're just, you want to leave that one alone, but is there, if there was a mic cut of Rise of Skywalker, what would be in there? I, yeah, that's a tough one because I just felt like I finally saw a Star Wars movie in the modern era that I could like get behind. Like I don't, I, it's almost like how do you, how do you kind of like, it's easier to start from scratch on something than it is to kind of go from like 80%. So like, you know, I, I don't know, like, like what would have, what anything that's wrong with that movie is kind of like a little bit, you know, like, like it became a, what they call it a fetch quest. And there was like a snake in a, in a pit that they fought and the ship, 
somehow was a perfectly functioning ship that sat in the desert for 50 years and no one took it for a spin. Also, I don't know how Chewbacca got saved. I'm pretty sure we saw Well, him. exactly. Yeah. Then they were like, there was a second ship. Like, come on. Right. Like, that sounds right. like, an, you know, the ADR. They fix it later. Like, fuck. <laughs> and, like, shit, um, we accidentally killed Chewbacca. Damn it. Yeah. And, but again, I, when she did the force blast with her lightning bolt, I was like, that's amazing. So, I mean, like, when, when she, she pulled... jumps over uh, Kylo Ren's ship... I was like, you had me at that acrobatics. That was amazing. Yeah, and I think that's why people are so mad over. is because they watch these movies going, don't worry, the next one will be fine. Don't worry, the next one will be fine. You know, and that's what Marvel did. Like, the worst Marvel movie still has an end credit tag that makes you go, don't worry, the next one will be fine. That's true. Can I just ask quickly, if when Han Solo shows up, did you get teary-eyed? Like, like, I thought it was awesome. Like, were you like, he was? Did you expect him to be in it? No, I didn't. I, that movie had really low expectations of, and just kind of, I just kind of dug it. Like, it was just fine. Like, I hate to be like that, but it was like a solid B plus, and that's, I mean. Good enough. That's what Jedi. we needed at that point. Uh, so, if, so here's my pitch for the sequel. Okay, okay, so, okay cool. So if you're going to do episode 10, 11, 12, and mm -hmm. kick off a new thing. Which we're behind. Um <laughs> Okay. You, you take it 300, <laughs> 300, 300 years into the future. Okay. Yeah. Meaning that like, if you want to separate from the Skywalker line, then get away. Like, don't, don't kill the sky. Like, this is what the last Jedi did, right? Like, don't put the Skywalkers in it and then tear it apart for us. Right, right. Let's, let's chuck it 300 years in the future. And the whole notion of a Skywalker, right, is something you can choose. Like Ray becomes a Skywalker, right? So sure, it's yeah. it's a much more sort of diffuse identity. Um, but more importantly, you chuck it into the future, which and your your lead Jedi is a now three hundred, four hundred year old baby Yoda, who would mm -hmm. be like prime Yoda, you know, Jedi years. Sure, yeah. Who has trained under Ray. So mm -hmm. Daisy Ridley can come back as a force ghost. Mark Hamill right. can come back as a force ghost. Right. Right. And and you take us to a whole new Jedi story. And and it doesn't even have to be a an entirely forced based story like sure it, it can be the jedi and the force are part of the story but it's not simply just i feel like jedi. you should be a little more protective of just throwing these ideas out well, no there. that's it i <laughs> said like, it. that's like really good you should copyright that but that but that's why they keep going that's why like because the mandalorian can, can i talk about the mandalorian oh yes, yeah i was gonna oh, ask your thoughts on yes. it please okay so the mandalorian i have to say like i i feel like i'm in the twilight zone because when i watched it i was like guys what is this like i love the way it looks i love the way it's paced i love the i love what's his name the actor in it who was one of my Pascal. favorite Pedro Pascal. Oh, yeah, Pedro so so great. he was one of my like i actually like i'm a kingsman 2 apologist like it's a oh, bad yeah, movie yeah. Amazing <laughs> movie. kingsman 2 and if you and, like i feel like apologist <laughs> I feel oh right. my god it, that movie has one of those Great moments term. in it where, it, as a rewrite, I was like, God, you guys were one line away from making Kingsman 2 a good movie. You know, they look at, have you seen it? Yeah. When yeah. he looks at the bottle and it says, you know, they drink the whiskey. Yeah. And then they get drunk and they're going, Kentucky. And then they're like, maybe we should go to Kentucky. If, it, uh, right. what's his name? If the if dude had looked at that bottle and saw that it said Statesman on the bottle and he went, ah, oh, these fucking assholes. And that was how they got to America. And he realized that now he's got to team up with the statesmen because the British aristocracy would 
roll their eyes at the American version of the statesman. The idea that they didn't know the statesman exists is is con- counter to the mythology of the entire movie series. So he should have. They should have been keeping apart. They took from the, the easy way out. Yeah, they should have. They should have went. I, I, I don't want to have to work with these statesmen guys. Sorry, I took right. it in a completely different. Really, way. could but, be a continuity expert, like as an <laughs> alternate profession, have people just like. You just read scripts and you like, point nope, out guys. these continuity errors. Nope. Well, if someone wants to pay me to do that, I'm, I'll, I'll do it. Fine, but like the uh, well, no, you're but a fantastic the... animator. But I like I want to say that I feel like your strength lies in your creative, story, story, your man, telling and all that. Like, well, that's, that's what I'm trying to do. It's hard it to get people notch, to man. believe you. That... Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying. But um, we believe you. The <laughs> no, We're but the, the, the so the Mandalorian. Oh yeah, because I was talking about Pedro Pascal. So so. The first time I watched it through, I was like, okay, this movie is mostly about um, logistics show. and parking. TV show. Yeah, the show. It's like, because like most of the problems that he runs into involve where he lands his ship. And if you have a ship that can go right. anywhere. Did you say? Like, didn't you, I, did you, I put this on Instagram? Or did you say it on this show? Not on this show. I, maybe I said it somewhere because I, but I'm I so obsessed with it. It just seems like everything would be solved if like he could park better. Right. It's like there's not on one single thing he does that is not fixed by landing on the roof, by lowering a rope. Like there's like like there is no <laughs> thing. series of parking problems to the point where in the last episode he gets a jetpack, it, yes. it, like like it's like someone was watching going, hey man I've been I've been following your adventures you're awesome <laughs> I have a fix <laughs> give him a jet like if he'd had the jetpack to start. It's like the fine. show wouldn't have happened. He would just be like, Baby Yoda, come with me. The end. <laughs> right. <laughs> and every time someone's like, Give me Baby Yoda. So I, I give this show, I, I, what I like about this show is that it generally unified a fractured Star Wars audience. I myself right. am not a big fan of fetishizing the bounty hunters. Like, I think Boba Fett's cool. And, but I think Boba Fett, like Captain Phasma and other characters, these are. These were one-note, cool-looking characters that yeah. nobody thought out, and, right. and people have sort of romanticized what the what this armor is and this badass and who this guy is. Well, you know what? Actually, if you watch Star Wars, Boba Fett catches Han Solo and then he trips and falls in the starlight. Yeah, like he clearly <laughs> wasn't that impressive. I, I texted you the other and, day, and also, also he's not the one who freezes Han Solo. It's Darth Vader who makes the, who pulls that whole thing. He just follows yeah. him, right? I know they that whole like carbonite wasn't that. That was like a makeshift thing. That's not how um, they do it. Um, but clearly, it's his. It's his right, move now. Right. Uh, I. But what I liked is a. It unified the Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. Yep. I. I think the performances in it were really good. The fact that they got Clancy I like the Brown. Yeah. I like that the fact that they got Clancy Brown into the Star Wars universe in that episode where he's you know those gangsters and I was and and they smush his head in the door and I was mm-hmm. and I just sat and my kids were like <gasps> and I'm like they're not killing Clancy Brown. They did not get Clancy Brown into Star Wars to just squash his head in the door. And uh, I think that I, I think that what's going to happen though with, with that last scene where they pull out the dark saber and now mm-hmm. the casting of Rosario Dawson of Ahsoka Tano, which is great, but yeah, yeah, that's perfect. It, in the end of the day, I think it's also admitting a certain amount of like weakness. That show without Baby Yoda, that show it's without Ahsoka show. Tano is mm-hmm. is not a show. So these people who like want to dump the Jedi or dump the old ways, like screw that. Star Wars needs this yeah. stuff. Like, I, I don't understand that. Like, oh, it's Star Wars tale without. We have lots and lots of Firefly episodes that are Star Wars without lightsabers. Right. So like. <laughs> The, the, right, the idea right. that, because that's the whole thing, right? Like, I remember I rewatched a little bit of it with Mac and got it a little bit more. And I think what we're really getting is sort of like a live action version of the Clone Wars, which, so the, the Mandalorian to me is a bit of a cartoon. And, and 
um, in much the same way that live action is like rolls their eyes at animation. I think like sometimes live action can be the sort of a bit empty. Oh, for sure. And yeah. then it sort of goes into the animated territory. And that's my biggest problem with it. It just mm -hmm. seems like, you know, like if you watch that first episode, you're like, this is some shit. Like that, that like robot killing everybody. And, and it like, it's like a code, but it's a robot. Oh man, don't even get me started on him learning to ride a horse to fly your fucking ship there. And then like when- Right, they're like, you have to land here and take crazy, these beasts man. and then what train if... the beasts. I'm like, it seemed like he could have just parked right out front. Right out that... front. And then when there's that one- Same like no difference. It's crazy. The one where, where and then IG-88, he's like teaching him to eat and stuff like that. I'm like, guys, you can't, it's, it's not a robot and a person. It's either <laughs> a person. Like you, you, you can't say robots are robots and they're soulless people, but then they have to learn. Like, like make up your mind. Like, I, I have no problem with someone being anti-robot, but then don't train him how to eat or how to, you know what I mean? Like, so like, when IG-88 melts down at the end, right? Yeah. My reaction was, I'm like, they gotta kill him. This is a really expensive special effect. <laughs> or do you think they're just gonna keep bringing IG88 back and killing him like Kenny? I was, uh, you know what? I was, I was actually going like, come on, you guys aren't carrying him around in a backpack. Like, don't you know anything about <laughs> Like, it should have been a Mandalorian, like with with like his head in a bag. Right. Like that's total C3PO Empire Strikes Back. Like, right. that, uh, no, but that's the whole thing. Is even when that happened, I was like, you spent this whole time. You did a whole episode where you teach him to walk just so that we can feel bad when he gets melted. That's a little bit lazy, right. in my opinion. And that's where the show, it just felt like, it felt like, because like, have you ever heard of they, they made Iron Man without a script? But then what? if you, I watched a special about it where basically the whole, they were talking about like Iron Man had sort of like eight, like 50% of a script. It didn't, it had a treatment. It didn't have a script. And most of the dialogue is ad-libbed and they didn't make a lot of the decisions until they got through it and you believe it and it's an amazing movie and i think john favreau is an amazing person and he was surrounded by amazing people but i would believe that they were shooting the mandalorian going mm -hmm. shit where, where is this going where <laughs> else can he park well i i trust i tr i think tr i think favreau and taiko watiti are the future I sure. think I think Absolutely. those two are like those two. If they really can work together, then whether it's Star Wars or something else, mm -hmm. I trust those in, guys a lot. And I still and I still hands. love JJ. Okay, let's uh, before we get out, let's just do our general recommendations and shoutouts. Um, Mike, uh, are you watching something that you want to recommend? This is different than your prescription. This is yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm just a huge Better Call Saul fan, so like it's on right now. The new oh, episodes really? are coming out. I love you, it so much. Did you watch the Breaking Bad movie? Yeah, yeah, I watched it all. I, and like I loved it? them. I liked it. I thought it was like I episode five. Great. Thirteen. <laughs> it was great, but it was it I, was an episode in, a, yeah. in the best kind of way. In the best kind of way. I enjoyed it. I was like, because I, I would have been, I was so happy with the finale of that show that I would have been really annoyed if they like made a pile of trash. But right, and they enough. did. It was great, it was and it, good, yeah. it had all the things like the the searching the montage things. and yeah. the you know like no, I thought it was great. But uh, Better Call Saul to me is the superior show to Breaking Bad. Oh, so wow, I rewatched so. Breaking Bad to see if it made sense, and then I'm still watching Better Call Saul, oh. and it kind of doesn't. Better Call Saul is way more resourceful than <laughs> Saul Goodman in the Breaking Bad in show. The, right. Well, that's what Ooh. sometimes what happens when you spin off, right? You've got to get totally. the you know, right. The, the character. character has to. All right, Lil uh, Watchmen. You mentioned before Watchmen, anything else? which is uh, very so funny good. to watch with mom. 
Because <laughs> she's she like, going, she she's correcting the history in it. She's just like, I can just tell this is a comic book. This is obviously was a comic book. So I'm so glad I told her it was a comic book before because that was just what she said. But I mean, the show isn't. The show is just. But she's a, like, I could tell this comes from a comic book, right? Because it was makes it the no superheroes sense. and the masks? No, Did that no, give no, it away? She's like, <laughs> she's like, because it makes no sense. She's like, well, makes sense in the end. I will say, I feel like that show really pays off, and and yes. all the little details they're building in those last two episodes, you're like, oh, I, I will there's say no extra stuff in that show. Episode five is when it kicks in. About you know, it was obvious what was going to happen with Don Johnson, but you know, I love Don Johnson, so I was <laughs> disappointed. I would say that if you don't know, I'm like texting Shell all the time about the com- about to understand a bit more about the comic. If you don't know, it can be confusing, but the acting just is so out of the park that it's, mm-hmm. and it gets you enough to keep watching. I'm enjoying it. Um, oh, how, wait, how far are you along? Oh, um, how many episodes are there? 10? 10. So maybe I'm like five. Oh, okay. Well, to me, five is when it I, I just finished the episode thing. where you get the background of Looking Glass's life. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. that's, when, that's, that's, the that's when the show point. really starts to change because they really give oh, cool. you more about everybody. Yeah. Now you start really learning what, what's been happening in the interim between the movies. But look, I have my parents. I don't know if you know this, Mike. My parents are, have been sequestered with us as well. Oh, no. Do they get stuck there? They got, they're stuck here. Oh, yes. my God. So they cannot go home. And Crazy. so it's tough. Like, my husband only wants to see things that are murdery. Mm-hmm. and like scary um and then i have my mom who like if somebody walks down a staircase and there's a noise on the stair she like full-on screams jumps up pillows over her <laughs> saying, i can't watch this how could you make me watch this i'm more on her side so, yeah and so then she's very dramatic about anything remotely scary and my dad falls asleep but for the first 15 minutes he's very critical <laughs> like, you really have to be careful watch, for this watch out when he, com- when he comes back that's for the so next funny. episode he will definitely tell you how none of this makes sense right. oh my god that's so amazing. it's a very unique tv watching environment in the evening um and i i was like i had this brilliant idea of watchmen and i feel like look it's a great show but it also seems to be pleasing everyone <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna stick with it um it, it, my, it definitely pays off i would good. for sure stick with right. it. i gotta run unfortunately cause yeah, my yeah. other kid are you watching they, anything they oh, you said what you were watching is there anything else oh you're um yeah oh i don't not recommend jumanji 2 <laughs> oh i'm halfway I, I, through i fell asleep Delightful. during it the other day but it's it was Delightful. it was what i you know i didn't i i, I, I don't not recommend i don't really love the like grandparent that. component of it i don't either i do like kevin hart in this movie oh, yeah they were just um, like how many people I think, can I think the, the first four main characters i think the first one is just so funny it's such yeah. a good shtick that it's really hard to um to try and recreate it but the i don't not recommend pitch. yeah i don't not recommend it yeah. yeah um that and you know we are just watching jungle book on repeat in this house. <laughs> <laughs> seen it one and a half times wait the live action one day. or the anime? no the original original yeah, like so good yeah it's so beautiful and becky's uh, kid loves the snake scene which i find so weird oh i'm not so, surprised like, because she's like i'll bite that snake <laughs> yeah she hasn't bitten anyone in Eight, eight, oh my god, Mac had a biting phase. Mac had a like a two week 
six weeks, six Becky's, month phase where he'd bite everyone he was mad at. That we was had bad. like a six month fighting phase. Yeah. Yeah. That was yeah. really bad. But we're very over it. Don't bring it up. Why are you cursing me? <laughs> <laughs> All right. And, and I'm watching. So one thing I want to plug, I am, the best way you can describe it is co-producing, nice. uh, help supporting um, my amazing friends, Kathy and Chris, uh, Kathy DeToro, who's the lead singer of The Leg Warmers and Rose Riot and Can Evans. Uh, like so many musicians and artists, they are out of work and they have decided to tackle this by coming up with this creative sort of out of this, the best way to describe it, it's like a punk rock Sonny and Cher. <laughs> and uh, punk rock and uh, just totally, totally, um, totally sort of a reverent variety show they're doing from florida <laughs> i am i am doing all of the web streaming stuff uh for them and pushing it out to youtube and facebook and working on the sound and stuff with them and we did the first like full produced episode um uh last week and uh we're gonna do more coming soon so people should check out i'll be posting it on all my social media so you don't have to like look for a new page right now but it's at sugar hwy on instagram and then um uh, and we're doing live um we're doing live things so people can call in and they can make requests and Cal kathy will play the songs it's gonna be it's really fun uh with the gold nerds because we've got all this you know sort of freer time on the weekends we've been doing live episodes of the gold nerds we had <laughs> we had beverly goldberg the real life mother of adam f goldberg we d we dm'd her and she called in into the show live <laughs> that's amazing weekend, and it was amazing she was so funny and so nice and answered a ton of questions so check out the gold nerds podcast and then uh, uh lily is doing online classes for her martial arts studio that's yeah i i haven't had so much time to watch like in quarantine tv because i literally have been like saving the center like in an wait have, my did i tell you my son is like a big he's like been like eight well whatever six years at karate wow yeah yeah like traditional like, karate well he's doing don barnes it's like the mm -hmm. it's sort of like the what is it called tiger kata or whatever it's like the kids kids Version. karate yeah mm -hmm. until he gets old enough to kind of graduate anyway sorry that's really that's cool. awesome um yes that's uh our basically our livelihood <laughs> so, yeah oh that's i didn't um, know that uh yeah my husband is a um, um, martial artist well no i knew that i just yeah. didn't know you were and doing he, it online and stuff well well we have three gyms here and um when we realized 10 days ago that we were most likely getting shut down sure i called my brother in like a panic who's a communications expert and was <laughs> like we're gonna have to do something is this even possible how would we even do this? And um, Shai totally helped us like bring all of our classes online through Zoom wow. and they're interactive. So, so I haven't had time to, we've been working like, I've been working more with the, with the lockdown than mm -hmm. before. Yeah, I bet. Um, and like people are like, I'm reorganizing my closet. And I, we just haven't had time to do yeah, anything my, because my it's been, been like that. Right, like Crazy. just trying to like scramble to what feels like in an 80s movie, like saving the center or whatever. Sure, yeah. So we don't like lose our business. Do you play um, like, like hairband metal so that there's like a musical so montage as you're doing? I, I feel like if there was a musical montage, I now need to now think of what song would it be. <laughs> well, I, speaking of hairband metal, Dresel. this morning I watched, uh, like on the treadmill, I watched this movie, The, the Rainbow on Amazon, oh. which is a documentary about the famous club on the Sunset Strip. Oh, wow. Uh, 
called The Rainbow, and it was, it was essentially a history of the rainbow and whiskey a go go. Mm -hmm. And it was really well done. They got really top notch interviews. I, I would, and, and it was very much about the guys who ran the place. And so rather than just being like a history of Guns N' Roses and all the crazy <laughs> things they did, it was really a, it was really more about like the the father yeah. figure and, and how he and how he sort of ran his business and how he supported the acts that were coming up. So that's really that was really cool. And then I finally saw this movie Drive. Um, with Ryan Gosling. Are you I, kidding you me? Have seen it before? Are you kidding me? Sit I, down, I, sir. I've seen, no, but I've seen Sit Neon down. Demon, the actor's, the, the director's other movie. To see that movie 1,000 million times. Yeah, how'd that one get I am obsessed you? with that movie. It was fantastic. Fantastic yeah. movie. Fantastic Thank movie. You're only saying that because you're on quarantine and like you're bored. Because I feel like every other time I would have recommended that movie. <laughs> no, I saw. I this saw. Movie's Neon, slow. It's saw, so boring. No, you see, I found it I, because especially since I saw Neon Demon and I really liked it, I knew going into it there I was going to be that, that tension movie. throughout the whole time. And there, I thought there was an amazing amount of. Albert tension. Brooks is so good in it. Yeah, it's. Yeah. My only so issue scary. with that movie is the car chases are like, like sometimes car chases go on too long. This is one of those ones where. It's the Jeff Goldblum, like, are there going to be some dinosaurs in this dinosaur tour? Like, the car chases always end, like, one beat before I want them to. Ah. That's, That's amazing. Great. But, but I, I love movie. that movie. That yeah. Well, I loved it. It was fantastic. Great. Very, very awesome. I feel um, like Ryan Gosling is one of the few actors can really act without speaking. Yeah. He does well, not good. say a lot in that mask. Yeah. He does not say a lot. Uh, so, Mike, Mike, where can people follow you and all the cool stuff you do? Uh, I've been quieter than usual lately, but I'm still on Instagram at the Mike Roberts and on Twitter, where I'm like super self conscious. I'm always like half typing a thing and then I erase it. That's so a I good. Probably, that's a good habit. I know. If you half type and erase, then you're doing the right thing. I know. Um, it's like you're never as funny as you think you are on Twitter. Now we got a guest appearance from your amazing wife, Brie, who is <laughs> yeah. so insightful and um, so interesting, and she shared some really interesting stuff about her own She's career great. and some really valuable, uh, real valuable commentary on the, on feminism and and women and the film industry it was it was amazing um would, would you want to where where can people follow brie she's i think it's just miss brie at, it on is instagram brie. And, i think and it Twitter. is miss brie b-r-e-e -E. yeah b-r-e-e -E. i just I, I i can't remember if it is ms brie m-s yep ms brie that's her handle and she is talented, funny, awesome, and we are. I like when you draw grateful. her she, on Instagram. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I haven't. I haven't I I I done that so recently. Uh, I love those drawings. It's so sweet. I know. Whenever um, you do that, I'm like, damn it! I really. I know. I'm like, wow! I cannot draw. Wait, it's not okay. MS Brie. There's another MS Brie. Hold on. No, but that is her handle. M S B R E E. Oh no, it's at Brie Williamson on Twitter. Oh uh, okay. Oh no, but on Instagram, Instagram, it's Instagram MS Brie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. But, and, yeah, but and Lily, I, where can people yeah. follow you? Chi uh, Chi C H I C H I K, as in Corman Gomez, on Instagram and Letterbox. No, and on where, Twitter and Letterbox, not Instagram. That's and where can people follow Becky? Becky's at Paper <laughs> K Princess on Twitter and Letterbox. Not on. And Instagram. you can follow me at Pancake Four Table Pancake and the number four table on Twitter and Instagram. All of the Friday Night Movie shenanigans are at Friday Night Movie on Twitter and Instagram. Oh, Pancake for Table is also on Letterboxd. And uh, our theme music is by What Does It Eat? Rate and review us on iTunes. Super easy to do and it's really like helps us out the a, show. a hug in the coronavirus era. And share it. From a distance. You know, re recommend it to somebody. I would love to, you know, we'd love to know that you're sharing the love of the show. And 
with that, we will we will dance our way into the night and say goodbye. Thank you so much, Mike Roberts, for being here. Thank you. Mike, Bye. the best. Bye. Bye.